Welcome to the HIV and Adolescent Podcast. And here is your host, Chisoni Banda. Hello and welcome to another exciting um, HIV Adolescent Workshop Podcast brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation Zambia in partnership with uh, UNICEF as well as CIDAS. With me, I'm joined by two young men and... Of course, I would want them to introduce themselves uh, on my left. Thank you so much. It's really nice to be here. My name is Perry Kent Nkole, and um, I'm a radio host as well as, with Capital FM as well as uh, I'm, I'm an advocate and uh, a member of uh, the Youth Hub under the Southern... Af- it used to be called Southern African AIDS Trust, and now it's SRHR Africa Trust. So I'm an advocate. Um, specifically on meaningful youth participation, but with a particular focus on uh, sexual and reproductive health for young people. Um, boss. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you very much for having me. My name is Mputangalande. Um, um, uh, executive director for Zuka Cholinga Youth Zambia. It is a community-based organization. Yeah, basically, I'm a hardcore community mobilizer. Yeah, and uh, an activist as well uh, in uh, sexual reproductive health and rights and also uh, with uh, young people taking part in uh, uh, politics and all these other governance spaces. Um, thank you very much. So starting with you, uh, Barry Kenty, uh, of course our listeners would want to know where you're coming from, what you do, and what, uh, why you do what you do. So like, where are you coming from, what do you do, and why do you do what you do? Thank you. So like I mentioned before, um, I host uh, the breakfast show on Capital FM. So I'm very passionate about the media and broadcasting to be specific. And it's one of the tools that I use in my advocacy um, for social and economic issues that directly or indirectly affect young people. Um, I love to write as well. So I write some online articles sometimes. Um, Uh, I've published before and I hope to publish again some more books in the future but basically I would simply say I am an advocate who uses the media both online as well as traditional media to advocate for different issues uh, around social justice um, you know uh, social economic challenges that affect the ordinary Zambian and also uh, most recently i think we've seen a lot of cross-cutting issues around srhr that are of concern and so the reason why i do what i do is because i feel like when you have a platform and when you have an opportunity to uh, be heard you should use that opportunity to speak on behalf of people that don't have that platform that you have and so when i'm in at, at a platform like this one my concern is not necessarily being heard or so that people can hear that I can speak or, or, or speak in English, but to, uh, to talk about the critical issues that the ordinary Zambian out there is concerned about and to ask the critical questions as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the same question goes to you, um, Puta. So like, where are you coming from? What is it that you do and why do you do what you do? Uh, thank you very much for that question. So I come from uh, a community that is an um, a community that is not planned and planned uh, settlement and it is basically ghetto uh, I must make mention so I have grown up from that particular uh, uh, environment and I've seen what um, 
I, I saw what fellow young people uh, uh, go through and more especially in terms of uh, what young people, what challenges they have and the difficulties for their voices to be heard. So uh, that prompted, uh, prompted and has been prompting me and still prompts me to go out there and make sure that I represent and uh, take uh, these uh, struggles that my fellow young people uh, are facing from the community where I come from. So basically, the reason that I do what I do is in those lines where I want uh, the voices of young people from the community I come from to be heard out there and make sure that also we claim what uh, is in store for us from uh, that community, basically. But I've used the diff uh, different platforms. Doing that has made me find myself in different platforms that I've put across um, ideas uh, that I feel affect young people from the community I come from. Um, thank you very much. So, um, Perika and Puta, I've heard you mentioning uh, themes like advocacy and um, activism. Uh, of course, even listeners would want to know the distinction between advocacy and um, activism. People would want to know what's there in advocacy, what's there in activism. Maybe, Perikant, would you highlight on that? Um, first, first, of, first of all, I think I would like to say that there's a very thin line between advocacy and activism. Um, but I think there's a distinction as well. And I think in my own understanding and according to what I have seen, um, as an advocate, what I understand is that advocacy mainly involves a mechanism through which you push for a certain agenda to be put in place. For instance, um, uh, if there's a certain law that does not benefit young people, um, and then you begin to use different mechanisms to advocate so that that law is changed. You use the media, civil society, and also you petition, um, you know, with the uh, leaders uh, to be able to push for that law to be changed. If at all that law is eventually changed, then you know that you successfully advocated for that and there was a change. Activism has more action to it in my, in my point of view. Um, activism is not... Uh, limited as limited as 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 advocacy advocacy is more formal you have meetings and all that but activism goes into the streets activism recognizes the limitations that are there and activism i think um is 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 where you look at more social issues social and political issues uh that might affect the masses and you find that most people that are activists um will for instance go in the streets and will protest if there's something that's not right that channel has proven that it actually works a lot because it provokes conversations in the country around some of the issues that people are not happy about um, uh, you know, uh, it can be during election time or not. They can be political, they can be socio-economical as well. But advocacy takes a more diplomatic route of looking at already established mechanisms around what institutions are there, who are the stakeholders, how can we engage them, what can we do, what steps can we take. But um, for activism, the way I know it, it's, it's got an element of radicalism and i don't know if at all put i will agree or disagree on this because he's more of an activist than i am but that's how i see it uh, from an advocate point of view and i've seen instances where there are things that uh, you know there, there are instances where advocacy works and activism doesn't and i've seen instances or situations that call for activism and not just having meetings like something is really serious no we can't just have meetings so that's my understanding of the distinction 
there's usually a confusion between the two, but I see um, advocacy to be a more diplomatic path and activism to be a slightly radical route to take, but usually is usually necessary to address the uh, social and economic concerns of the masses. Uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Birkin. Um, put a, do you have anything to add on on what Birkin has said? Yes, so I would like to agree with Birkin. Um, activism, these are uh, when we, we pick a fight or we pick a, an issue that we want to put across, we are apologetic about that issue. We, 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 we go out there and make sure and tell a lot of people we get numbers in order to go out there and say this is what is wrong. And um, like advocacy has a deadline and activism, it is a luta continua. You, you, you keep, uh, when, when, when this issue is solved, you find another issue as we all know that uh, problems don't end. So as activists, when that, that fight is won, you win one fight, another fight starts. So as for advocacy, when you want the law to be changed, when the law is changed, what else do you want? Because you, what you said we wanted as an advocate and what you wanted to change about that lawyer has been changed but with activism is that you will um, uh, uh, you will continue when that cause is done you go to a next cause so um, uh, things to to talk about or to fight about in activism do not end so basically yeah so like he said advocacy is more of a technical uh, kind of way where you sit in boardrooms and whatever like i said i come from a community a community where you if you put if you get young people there and put them in a boardroom or something like that they'll be intimidated uh, they will not discuss certain issues but if you 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 go into the streets and talk about these issues and then your leaders come and f meet you from the streets and then you start talking from there so basically let me talk about maybe these this company workers are not being paid when they protest you know the the director of that company will not tell them to come into their office and speak to them. No, you go out there and talk to them on the streets. So basically, that's what we want because people, are, the people that the leader will be talking to are more comfortable on those streets because that is their home and they will, they will tell what is wrong. So basically, that is uh, how activism operates uh, 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 in that sense uh, uh, compared to advocacy. Advocacy is more of a dialogue uh, 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 situation. Um, thank you very much. So to our dear listeners, you're still listening to the HIV Adolescent uh, Workshop podcast brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation Zambia with support from UNICEF Zambia as well as CIDAS. Yeah. So um, uh, maybe Perikent, uh, one would want to know if at all we as young people are really being active um, advocates in our societies today. Well, I mean, I think it's we live, we're living at a very interesting time, especially here in Zambia. And I think there's no question as to whether young people are active or not. I think the answer is yes. We have a lot of young people that are actually speaking out. They are using different platforms. And I think one important thing is that what, what we have seen is that young people are interested. I think we, we didn't see this before. Young people are interested in how, for instance, the, the re public revenue that's collected, how it's spent. If there's a corruption case, I feel like young people now are more concerned, say, wow, why is this happening? So um, there is a lot of w w like room for improvement in terms of what we do with that information because I think the, the challenge I've seen here in Zambia is that young people have access to information about some of these issues, 
they have capacity to understand these issues, but they don't act on them in the right way. What we see when, we, when there's an issue, a national issue of concern, Zambian young people will laugh about it. They'll create a meme, they'll laugh about it and forget about it. And I think that is creating a very uh, strange narrative uh, in temp with regards to social accountability because politicians will now realize, say, ah, what are they talking about? Corruption, okay, don't worry. After three days, they'll laugh about it and then they'll forget. So while it is good that young people are interested, it is also sad at the same time that we don't take these, these things very seriously. Social media has become a comedy club where when the minister has stolen, people will, will be concerned in the first hour, but by, if it happened at 10 hours, by 12 hours, everybody will be laughing around the issue. They will stop asking the, the, the critical questions. And so it's becoming very easy to get away with certain things. I feel like we need to raise the standard of expectation from our leaders so high that when a leader does steal the money, they don't even have the courage to come back on social media and write a statement. So while we, are, we can celebrate the fact that young people are interested and that they are actively engaged, we don't do much with the information that we get and our activism or our advocacy is limited in a way. And I hope to see a situation where we can really take these leaders on. But I think it's worth commending that we have a lot of young people like Mputa who speak out on these things in a, in a more serious way. And so um, while there's that progress, I feel like there's a lot more that we can do, but we might say that we, we are on the right track. Uh, thank you very much. So Mputa, um, are you coming from uh, Zuka Choling uh, uh, group? And uh, of course, people would want to know like what uh, the way in, in, in the manner in which uh, Perkin has put it. So are we as young people championing people's ideas when we are doing uh, activism works or maybe we're doing whatever things that we're doing because we want to do them and we've got passion? Are we doing things just because someone is doing it or what? So like I said, for me, uh, finding myself in these spaces or doing what I do is because I saw gap and challenges that we needed to address in the community. So we, I speak uh, and we claim to speak for people. And if you claim to speak for people or you speak for people, you need to be in touch with the realities of what those people are facing. As as you might, um, I must make mention that I come from a ward and there's an elected official there. There's a ward development committee there and there are young people that did not understand where to take their problems in the first place if there's no water, there's garbage, there's what. So the most important thing is that I made them realize and that is how this movement of Sukacholinga, this uh, community-based organization was born where we needed to organize young people so that if uh, there's an issue that is happening and they need uh, young people to talk or we have something to to, to, uh, to put across, we can... Uh, 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 be organized enough and take these challenges to our leaders or to people that can address them in that sense. Where that fails, we can use the same um, uh, organization to organize more young people and come and speak in voices. For example, we have a meeting and this meeting 
they're addressing our issues and the, our issues are not head we start calling each other and by the time they realize there are a lot of young people there speaking the same thing and saying this meeting is not going to end unless you tell us how we are going to address this issue or you you you, you tell us when you are addressing this issue so then you put pressure on leaders to find solution uh, our solutions or to work on that particular issue that is there which is one thing that i um i really wanted and it is good that we are achieving we are achieving that and giving pressure to and holding our leaders accountable and making sure that everything they do there is transparency so basically it is sometimes they are called because of the experience that i've had with certain services in the community i would want that that to change because of my sister so there are people as you we all know that they can experience something but they, are, they will not be bold enough to go and demand that that service or that experience that they had doesn't happen to other people so when they bring this on the table we can we organize ourselves and find that that particular experience which is bad should not happen to to, to another person so it is not every time that we champion our cause or the cause of the member of that particular because now as as i can tell you even neighbors now understand where i stay saying okay if 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 there is um if there is uh, someone that is beating uh, the the wife is being beaten they are scared to go to the police but they will come to me and say okay my husband is beating me and i think i'm done with this marriage i want to go report to the police can you go with me how can i go about it it becomes easy that way so we are addressing issues not just addressing issues and fighting with elected leaders or going to elected leaders and pushing them even people in the community we are doing these other injustices like he said active uh, activism is about uh, social injustices that are happening are in the community and more of a political and economic aspect but in that economic and uh, and uh, and political aspect there is now what we call uh, health which is under now that brings us to SRHR and we have the community i come from there is about 100 it is a population it is a it has a population of 100,000 uh, people which is just a word and 100,000 people 50% of that population is young people and these young people are getting teenage pregnancies there's a lot of challenges that they are facing so this information who claim and say if the institutions and organization will make sure we, we approach them and say come and teach our 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 community about sexual reproductive health and rights and how they can protect themselves how where they can find con, con, uh, contraceptives because a an organization for example that offers for example agents of change that has certain activities around srhr or contraceptives will not know that even in garden there is a gap uh, until us we approach them and tell them okay this is what is happening and this is what is what if you don't believe come with us we show you and tell us how you are going to help us yeah okay i think uh perkin uh, also want you to share your views on this question are we as young people championing championing people's ideas or we are doing what we are doing because we want to do it are we being maybe driven by other people especially people who are not youths or what i feel like it's a little bit of both there are a number of young people that have the capacity the understanding of what 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 are the issues that are of interest to them and they are pushing those agendas uh, and they are there to see on social media in these youth led organizations and so on there are also some young people that are being used in a way to push certain agenda because what we have seen is a situation where 
donors are interested in hearing what young people have to say. And there's some fundings that come because young people are in the forefront. What some organizations have started doing is putting young people in the, in the forefront, but when in fact they're not really in charge. So they tell them what to say and so that they can seem attracted, attractive to the donors and for them to get funding. So for young people that don't have the capacity to understand the issues, um, the, the cross-cutting issues that affect them directly and indirectly, it becomes very easy for them to be used by other organizations to push an agenda. If you get a young person like Mputa and then you tell them, I want you to say this, he's going to ask, but why are you asking me to say this? I don't, I don't believe in this. I think for me, what I would like to say is A, B, C, D. So there are young people who don't yet have the capacity. They are much easier to use. So to answer your question, it's a little bit of both. We have young people who are pushing the agenda because they have the capacity to understand. There are those that lack the capacity, so they are, it's easy to use them. And seeing a young, people, a young person, for instance, uh, going to a conference and speaking English is not the impact. It is not the issue. I feel like the content, and I think what we've seen with advocacy, especially in our generation of youth activists, is that you see, we find a situation where people are impressed with good English. People are impressed with well-tabulated words in English and quotes, yeah? They go and stand in front and say a quote. People clap, then they say young people are participating. When in fact, you see, the issues are far more serious. Young people should not be seen as adorable when they're standing in front to speak. Young people should be taken seriously, yeah? So you find a situation where now, young, certain young people uh, are being used, yeah, to say, okay, we'll give you this platform. But here is the speech, okay? This is what you're going to say, A, B, C, D. Um, if, they, if that particular young person doesn't have the capacity to understand that, okay, these people are trying to push an agenda, they will not protest. They will simply read out the speech, say whatever they want to say. Everybody is happy. Funding is in. So um, I feel that's the sad part, the fact that um, young people are now seen as... It's, it's like youth advocacy to some extent in some circles is for entertainment. A young person standing in front, it's about impressing people. It's now the focus has shifted from the issues, yeah? So I think um, when a young person stands in front to speak, I'm more concerned about was the message received than whether they dressed nicely or than whether they spoke very good English. What was the message and was it received? And what is the impact that's going to come out of that conversation? So I think for me, that's the huge concern. And um, sorry to say, but there are a lot of young people that are used to push other agendas that they themselves don't even understand. So if I don't understand an issue, I'll keep quiet because I, I need to have more information. I'd rather talk about things that I know, I, I know about. Yeah. So um, that's something that uh, for me it has been provoked. Um, I would like to know if at all, we as young people are capable of uh, being advocates. Because in the first place, um, a very good example that I can give is um, the, um, the, the election that we recently had. Uh, you find that we want to have a good number of representation uh, among youths. Here we have a representation of councillors who are above the age of 35. 
and then we had to usher those people into power uh, we as youths because it has been deduced that almost uh, about almost uh, about 50 percent of the people that voted were youths and we ushered in people who are even not youths let's look at the um, the mps how many youths do we have but we had people who who, who stood who contested for uh, mp position so do you think we as young people have the ability are capable are we capable of uh, delivering um advocacy as well as activism in our societies today Mputa. so you know um that is one um, particular aspect that the old folks have in uh, put in us even young people i get surprised when young people ask about capacity to a fellow young a uh, young person immediately you hear a young person claiming a space you hear is he capable of doing it is he qualified is he experienced and blah 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 but if the, an old person who is not even qualified, who is not, who cannot handle that that position, uh, wants to claim that space, who just keep quiet and who assume that person has experience, who assume that person has been there for quite uh, a while, which is very wrong. So for me, I think uh, I have stopped arguing with uh, my fellow young people that. Uh, ask me about or ask about uh, qualifications and whatever i see i see them as irrelevant because then i understand they do not understand uh, 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 uh the issue on the table so we have a lot of young people that are capable right now we have um, a few young people who are youth some of them next year they will not be youth uh, by the time of parliament who will be de dissolved in in 2026 we'll have one youth uh, so basically, it is nothing to celebrate about. But what these are systems that have been created, these big political parties, even the adoption process for young people, they claim a lot of money. So you, it is very difficult even to get an adoption if you don't have money. And you know, you and me, below our 20s, below 30, we, do, we are not financially stable yet. And if a political party is going to claim for you to be to, to standard as a councillor, they are going to claim a 10,000 10, or a 15. Uh, for for them just to to look at your papers and consider you, then it becomes difficult. So a, a few young people were adopted. No wonder even now we have a few young people that are in parliament. We have a few young people in council offices. But we are not going to stop. We are not going to stop. We will continue claiming our spaces. And uh, young, there are a lot of young people. So to answer your question, uh, young people capable. A lot of young people are capable. That just give them the space. You be you be amazed. Um, we're going to have a silver there. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, what 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 Puta said is true. I think that the willingness is there, um, but if you look at the playing field, the political playing field is not leveled enough to allow young people to to thrive. Um, I think if you look at the issues of the numbers that you talked about, it doesn't make sense that you have the majority of voters being young and women. The majority were actually women, yeah? Uh, uh, there were more women who registered to vote than men. There were more women who voted than men. There were more young people who registered to vote than men. But if you look at the elected members, there are less young people and less women, you know? So it, it doesn't really add up. It, it shows us that we might have a long way to go in as far as ensuring that we take deliberate steps to ensure that young people take those spaces um, it should be a requirement for us as young people that we need other young people to be in those spaces, parliament, council chambers. It has never made sense to me that uh, 
a minority group of older gentlemen yeah with all due respect who are knocking at the doors of heaven who might not even be there in the next 20 years in the next 30 years are representing the majority how can the minority represent the majority so if the young people are in the majority women are in the majority why aren't we having young people and women in parliament to to deliberate over the issues and concerns of the majority if you have a if you have a minority group making decisions on behalf of the majority then the whole system is compromised because women's issues will not be prioritized young people's issues will not be prioritized and that is how you have a situation where now the whole system is compromised high corruption because you see a politician that is 65 years old will not be as concerned as me who is 25 or below or 25 or 20 as a 24 year old i know that i have at least 25 more years to live and so the decision that i am making if i am put in that position i know that the, i'll feel the impact if there is a bill being debated around climate change in parliament someone who is 75 years old will not be as concerned they might not be there when the adverse impact and effects of climate change begin to affect us but as a young person i know i'll feel the heat i know i'll, I'll experience the floods and the drought and so i'll be very sentimentally um concerned about those particular issues so i think for me the issue of representation has much leaves much to be desired um i can predict that 2026 is going to be a revolutionary year for young people because now that we've shown that the young people that we really have the power we're not we're now going to show them that we need the power in our hands to make the decisions that will benefit us and you see we want we want to show that young people can lead you asked a question about capacity yeah willingness itself is one step towards capacity the fact that young people are willing to take the step and go in those spaces shows you that they are willing to learn he raised a very good point that you see when a young person stands up and says i want to be a standards councillor or as mp people say oh if the president appoints a young person i'll give you a very close example of anthony walia who was appointed presidential spokesperson relatively young people were saying he's too young is he qualified is he competent meanwhile you have honorable felix mutati with all due respect to him being appointed in a ministry he has no idea about somebody jokingly said we don't even know if the honorable minister knows how to change the date on his smartphone and is uh, heading a ministry of science and technology so i think that uh, it's it's very unfortunate that there's there isn't much confidence in young people to take up leadership and sometimes that negative feedback comes from young people themselves saying but why are you appointing him is he capable is he but it's a challenge to young people like ourselves as well let's work hard leave a good track record and questionable character in such a way that when eventually we get to those spaces if somebody asks a question somebody will just pull up your cv and put it out there and receive if people are going to ask the questions but i don't think that should say that we should require a long cv for a young person to be considered we need to put in place deliberate measures to ensure that young people take up those spaces as well Thank you very much. So this is uh, HIV Adolescence Workshop uh, brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation Zambia with support from UNICEF and Siders. So um maybe not uh, really running away from the topic at hand. Um we've talked about MPs, we've talked about councillors and another thing that uh, I should mention make mention of is the issue to do with uh, policies. Um in as much as we'd want to 
advocate for a better safe space for uh, for ourselves as young people. We need to have policies. And uh, when, when we look at um, maybe uh, policies and platforms as at now, do you think we have had a platform or do we have policies that can make us execute the plans that we have for advocacy in Zambia? Maybe starting with you, Mpota. So there, there are conducive uh, policies um, that we have had and there are others that uh, are a threat to advocacy. For example, the cyber security bill is a threat to activism and, um, and advocacy. And then another law, specifically maybe the Public Order Act, again, is another threat to, 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 to activism or advocacy. So as... As uh, we do this work, we need to be linear. Uh, we need to understand the environment we are in and what laws are there. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, uh, um, uh, laws like uh, uh, the uh, Bill of Rights that talks about uh, expression, freedom of expression, freedom of movement, freedom of association. So I think, and we have had um, uh, other. Uh, policies that have been put in place in that in that actual sense to to to, to support uh, these particular uh, uh, laws that have been put there. But another thing again is that uh, policies it depends with uh, the government that is there. Sometimes, as Zambia, we have a lot of good laws, good policies, but implementation. If there is no political will, I think what we should move away from as a country is a system where political will is what makes things move which is a very wrong, wrong. Uh, politicians should just be administrators, and that is their role. But in, uh, in this actual sense, um, uh, politicians are implementers, and that is one very wrong uh, perception, and that is very, very, a very wrong system that we have as a country. Uh, politicians should just be administrators and make sure that those systems that are there or those laws that are there are being implemented and, and understand to what extent. And they should not be the ones calling the shots of where which. For example, this particular uh, law that we have of that that was introduced very soon that has touched uh, to, uh, on hearts of young people, which is the betting tax and what you find that because in the previous government there was no political will, that law was not implemented. Now, because there is political will in this time around, that law has, and laws should not operate like that. Then you, there is, there, there is going to be chaos, there is going to be anarchy. So, in the actual sense, I think we should come up with a system, and this system needs an overhaul where politicians are administrators as they were, and uh, uh, different arms of government are enforcers without the political will, so without a political hand being involved. I think that is, we, we have a lot of policies, I must make mention, we have a lot of policies, very good policies, that if implemented will, have, will change a lot of lives, but the, these policies are not being implemented because there's no political will. And we'll keep talking, or uh, we'll keep talking until political will comes. And these are individuals, and these are individuals. An institution should be ahead, uh, enforcing certain policies. Policies, not politicians. Politicians are just there to create policies. Yeah. Hi, right. uh, you got something to say? Um, yes, just a, a, a quick comment in uh, echoing the words that Comrade Mputa said. I want to agree on the fact that. Zambia is one of the countries in the world that has the best policies on paper. 
we everything good we sign international treaties everything good climate change child marriage we are good on paper we have the abuja declaration on health we have the cairo protocol in, on education and we have our own national policies that aim to 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 you know improve the social economic uh, lives of our people but what we have is a situation where it is now up to um, for instance the agenda of the political party in power what are their priorities so that those are the things that are usually pushed you know and you you find that uh, um, uh, the political party like my comrade Mputa the other day was saying the political the ruling political party has more influence than the government system so it becomes very difficult to implement some of those policies we need to have a system that works so well such that even during a transitional government government is still running things are still being worked on and a new government does not become a disruption in the government system we have the national development plan and now we're going into the eighth national development plan that particular plan is supposed to have an overall vision of for instance taking us to uh, 2030 where zambia becomes a middle income uh, country Coming in of another government should not be a disruption to the National Development Plan, for instance. So I do agree that, to a large extent, we rely on politicians to do these things, but we need to strengthen institutions, to strengthen the system in such a way that the policies that we, are, we have signed to are able to become, you know, fru can come to fruition, because we are good on paper, but when you go on the ground, it's a whole different story. So I think that... Uh, we need to begin to mirror the policies that we have with the reality that we want to see uh, for the Zambian people. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, away from, um, I know we're still talking about governance and advocacy, but um, let's talk about uh, the re-entry policy. I think uh, when we talk of advocacy, we can also bring in the issue to do with uh, re-entry policy, especially that this is an um, HIV and adolescence workshop. And at some point, that being a policy, we had the church mother body coming in to say, let's hold this, um, this, uh, this, uh, the, this activity, this program of uh, maybe uh, sensitizing, advocating for comprehensive sexual education. And then here is something that was um, acting as a fuel to advocate for the re-entry policy. So away from governance, do you think some of these church mother bodies, or not really church mother bodies, these other... Um, uh, organizations or these other um, okay le, yeah, let me just say uh, mother uh, uh, sorry association in um, yeah, yeah associations don't you think that these other associations or gov uh, organizations are really becoming a threat to 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 to, to advocacy and if I thought they're becoming a threat would you shed more light on how they're becoming a threat to advocacy in Zambia starting with you Mpota what we must understand is that we are a democratic state and people have different views. And because they have different views, they will have a lot of uh, people that will be against with what we, you are advocating or what you want to change. So basically, we uh, in the past we said, no, we want condoms for free, we want condoms for free. Condoms were, were, were given are being given for free. Now we are saying, no, let's put condoms, um, let's sell condoms and give pads for free. So you see, so there will be people that will come when you advocate for something and it is achieved or you, you, you ask for something and it is achieved. There are people that will come with a different view and will shoot down 
your what um, uh, your your idea or, or your achievements but um, the it is not that they are they are relevant no it is that they understand these things in different lenses and no wonder advocates comes in where you you bring them and sit them down and make them understand from a point of view and 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 make sure that you defend your position uh, your position because you're already winning that fight like you said comprehensive um, uh, 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 sexuality education in schools um so the mother, mother church board wanted it to be withdrawn and and and, and uh, we went and we other advocates activists what understand this cause we made sure that we made them understand what uh, this uh, document is all about because then they read it from a different uh, different uh, lenses so basically it is and that is normal in where human beings are there because uh, in bemba they say imitish bula kwesana imitish pamo tashula kwesana yes because uh, so it is just a matter of us making them understand but we should not look at each other's enemies because then we we leave room for for anarchy or chaos yeah. <laughs> um Birkin, you've got something to say about that yeah on the issue of cse and whether the church um is like a partner like for a good cause i think one thing we need to understand is uh, our national context as a country we need to um admit that we are uh, we live in a uh, what is perceived as a conservative country and we call ourselves a christian nation and so there's always that need for the church to try and put the country in a certain path but i think what they needed to understand is that you see issues of srh are cross cutting they affect the economy they affect education they affect each each and every sector you can mention there's an aspect of SIHR that can come in so i think the debate around cse uh, the reentry policy and the uh, you know the 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 push from the church that we get rid of it came from um from a point of view i, w- I don't want to use the word ignorance but i think of not knowing the detail of the benefits of that particular you know program of CSE and I know that right now it's on hold and they're still trying to see how it can work um the arguments from the church um obviously made sense to them but I think that like Mputa said for us it wasn't an opportunity to 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 begin to demonize them no you are speaking against progress the church is bad but I think it was an opportunity to have dialogue what are your concerns what problems do you have with the CSE package which page do you have a problem on and i know there were a lot of discussions if you remember the church was saying no on page 12 you said this about gender identity and we are not happy we don't want our children to to be a b c and d and if we can have a progressive conversation perhaps we can come to we can come to a reasonable compromise where of course not everyone can be happy but i feel like the the bottom line is does the CSE package respond to the cross-cutting challenges and problems that directly and, and indirectly affect young people teenage pregnancy child marriage and all of these problems access to services um access to information so it's a deeper conversation but all in all i agree with mputa that we should treat as the church mother bodies as an ally than as an enemy i feel like um you know uh, majority of zambians do go to church they congregate at a certain church and so 
the same Zambians you find in church are the same Zambians that you find in the offices. So we can't have the church being looked at as an enemy. There's, there's a more uh, civil and mature conversation we can have with different stakeholders, emotions aside, and um, the need to, uh, uh, to impose beliefs on others aside and just say, we are a country and we have these problems. What are the solutions? Oh, right now we have the CSC package in place and it seeks to address these problems. If there are some issues with CSE package uh, that don't like go well with the parents, for instance, or the delivery itself, the delivery of the content, people, church people are also parents. They will come and raise those issues and I think that as civil society should be able to admit, say, okay, if there's an issue with this document, let's be honest enough and begin to iron out those issues so that it becomes more effective um, in the end. So I think that's, that's my comment on that. Um, thank you very much. So um, even as we're about to conclude with our, uh, our podcast today, um, I would want to know maybe um, some of the challenges that you have had faced even as you have been... Uh, doing your works and how best you've been able to tackle those challenges. Mbuta. So uh, the challenges faced is that you a lot of times have not been taken serious and um, you find that you go into these offices and you find old people. You know, I met one minister that looked at me and said, who gave this young chap to present what he's presenting here. Can you remove this chap from here? Because so if it is uh, other young people, then there comes, you, you become frustrated and what, and you stop. So there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of um, uh, things and challenges that happen in that line where you go to a certain and they, they don't believe that what you are saying is the truth. They are looking at you and saying, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about, but you have to stand your ground and make sure that you make them understand and point them in the direction where they, they begin to understand. And at last they'll say, oh, okay, this young person really uh, understands what he's talking about. So I think that is um, basically what uh, some, some of the challenges. And another challenge is that from the fellow young people who have been fought but mouthed by our fellow young people, People, the same people that we are with in the same cause, so it is. It is. Um, it is sometimes depressing, and yeah, being in this uh, particular space or being in this uh, work, you need to grow a thick skin because there are a lot of stuff, that, there are a lot of things that will happen, and there are a lot of things that we are going, uh, you are going to face that uh, will make you question what you are doing if it is right or if it is something that you should continue doing. So basically, it is about being strong. It is about, uh, because in every fight that you pick, there is always opponents and there is op oh, ah, ah, always opposition that is strong, sometimes stronger than you, but you have to grow until you become stronger as well and stronger more than them and win the fight. So basically, a lot of challenges are there, but we are managing. And I know there are still a lot of challenges in the future, but we'll, we'll meet them when we get there and we'll who we'll make sure that we, we are resilient and we overcome them. Yeah. Uh, can't you say? Yeah, for me, uh, some of the things that stand out, first of all, I think it's around support for young people, uh, especially by young people themselves. The fact that we have the numbers should put us at a, at a great advantage. But what we are seeing is a situation where we have the numbers, but we don't know what to do with them. 
and um if there's a young person like i can honestly tell you i will not hide to you when i was voting in the last election i was looking out for every young person i can find on the ballot paper to say we need young people i didn't care which political party i was looking for young people so okay this is a young person and i had done my background check and say okay this is the ward councillor uh you know council chairperson if there's anybody that's young in that in, in that position so i think um as young people we don't support each other to a large extent there's a weird and i know that because we're talking about advocacy what i have seen over the years in my experience in, in, the, in the, this whole space is that there's a very weird competition that that's going on and what we don't realize is that we are all fighting for the same cause and because you see the opportunities are few um i see a lot of strange competition where who is traveling more um who has more you know opportunities who is being called more for meetings that shouldn't be our focus our focus should be let's push the youth agenda let's support each other let's change things in our favor as young people and so those are some of the challenges that we face i feel like our priorities as young people i know i, know, I understand that the issues of resources are limited sometimes as young people we have to you know i can honestly tell you that there have been many instances when put a hard to walk long distances from where he lives to to just attend a meeting so that he can just say one or two things about what needs to change in our country yeah he hasn't told me but i can tell you that because those are some of the things that we go we, we have to go through as activists so i think that uh, what with limited resources we need to understand that we can turn the tide and use the numbers to our advantage but most importantly i think young people need to start supporting each other let's see you know uh begin to cheer for each other when you see a young person standing even in another constituency you might not vote for them but the support you give them by simply sharing their facebook poster that they are standing in that constituency can uh, attract someone in that constituency to vote for them so i'm still waiting to see a situation where that there can be a true revolution 2021 was not a revolution it was simply an awakening of us realizing that we have the power to change things i look forward to the next election hopefully there will be a revolution where young people will not say since we have the power we'll take it in our hands and when we take it in our hands we'll be faithful enough to pass it on to the next generation because we understand that we will not be young forever but in our lifetime we should have at least done our part when we eventually become the old politicians that the future generations will call will be magnanimous enough to say we we've run our race we know the challenges we used to face when we were young and so we will not do the same to you here is the power and here is the guidance so that you can um you know chart a course for your own future of your country because there will come a time when that future will us will not see it so um i honestly feel like um, there's a lot that needs to do to build capacity in young people to understand the power that they have and the fact that politicians don't owe them favors this country is ours including each and every resource that it has all of us and so it doesn't belong to the politicians and that's what young people in zambia need to understand and so when we work on those challenges i feel like we might be on the right path i'm looking forward to seeing a group of a cadre of young people and i know that the issue of the word cadre is attached to very very weird things but i wish to see uh, a cadre of young people in zambia that's a bit different um more serious about the issues of of like the issues that affect the country and let's use these tools of social media more positively more deliberately 
with intention and with strategy in ensuring that we bring about the change that we want to see. Well, uh, it has been an awesome episode of the HIV Adolescence Workshop uh, brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation, Zambia. And with me uh, on this episode, I was joined by Mpota uh, from Zuka Chalinga organization, as well as uh, Perry Kent, uh, who's coming from Capital Radio Capital, Capital FM. Yeah. And... Well, this has been Chisoni Banda as your host for today's uh, episode. Till next time, it's a bye from us.